Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today I have Abhinit Tiwari with us on Audio Gyan. Abhinit is a designer and a programmer who has been building digital products for past fourteen years. He is currently heading the design team at Gojek. He founded Left Shift Technologies, where he built products for Bookmy Show, Airtel, Citrus, NH7, and many more. Left Shift was then acquired in 2016 by Gojek Indonesia. For those who are not aware of Gojek, uh, it is the Southeast Asia's leading on-demand multi-service tech platform, providing access to a wide range of services, including transports, payments, food delivery, logistics, and many more. Abhinit is here with us to- today to share his insights and learning while building the Asphalt Gojek's design system. So, thank you, Abhinit, for giving your time, and it's a real pleasure to have you on audio again. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kedar. Hope you are having. Yes. Hope you are safe in the lockdown. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, I should uh, tell our listeners that we are recording on twenty uh, second of March, which is uh, like a lockdown for the entire country in India. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite an experience. Uh, and I hope all the listeners are safe. I think it will be live sometime uh, mid April. But let's see where uh, where it goes. I hope. How are things at uh, uh, in Jakarta? Uh, pretty similar, or as we'd say it here, sama sama. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. There is uh, there are cases here as well, but everything seems to be under control for now. Let's see. Okay, nice, nice. Good to hear that. We are all working from home. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Same here. Cool. So basically, this this uh, uh, episode I wanted to focus on uh, design system. Uh, what is design system? Uh, how are they built? What are the advantages and stuff like that? And uh, uh, like asphalt being the biggest, uh, like one of the biggest uh, well-designed design systems in the Southeast Asian market. Definitely, uh, I thought, uh, uh, why don't we just understand how it is built? Sort of a case study. Uh, and to begin, if you can set the context by telling us what is a design system. How is it different from like a brand guidelines or a sticker sheet or any pattern library, front end framework? There are a lot of these connotations which are associated with it, yeah. but uh, design system independently has its own characteristics as well. So if you can start by that, and then walk us through, and then I have follow up questions of how asphalt was built. Sure. So to start off, like um, to call what uh, you're doing a design system. Uh, there are three things you sh- should definitely have. Right? Um, first is a library of design patterns uh, or a pattern library, as you said, which is freely available for use for all developers and designers within the organization. Second, everything in that library, uh, in the design library, should be available in form of code uh, to everyone as well. Right. Uh, and lastly, a very thorough documentation of these all these design patterns. Uh, the what's and why's behind them, and also procedures uh, for other designers and engineers to be able to suggest changes, uh, file bugs, or suggest new components that should be added. So these three things, uh, if you don't have any of these, then you might have a sticker sheet or a pattern library or a front-end framework or any combination of those. Uh, but to call it a design system, you need these for sure. Okay, so three of them to put together only will make a design system. Yes, and okay. that's just for the sake of definition. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, if you're a really small team and there is a you know a single designer and a single engineer, let's just imagine the smallest uh, team possible. Uh, in that case, yeah, your documentation might not be as thorough uh, because you're getting the information across manually, right? But just by mm-hmm. sitting next to that person, so you still might have a system. But as a definition, these three things should be present in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And is there a threshold like mm-hmm. if you cross like a three or a five member team, then the documentation has to be thorough, or is it after ten, twelve, twenty? Is there any any pattern? I think that uh, that will vary from team to team uh, on how teams work, right? But 
what in my experience like once you can't fit the team all the engineers and all the designers involved in the design on the table uh, then it's uh, the right time to start documenting and writing things down right uh, now mm. the size of this table for different organizations might be different uh, some people might be able to sustain it till 20 30 people working like this um, but generally right beyond that you should and it's generally a best practice because right now we are in the lockdown right uh, and mm. we are all thanking ourselves that we did written documentation as well right so yeah anything above 6 people probably you should write okay okay so before uh, jumping to uh, asphalt um, i would like to just have like a glimpse of how did the name also come about because i was reading about it and it said like there's a story called salam satu aspal uh, which yeah. if you can tell us what it means and then how did asphalt as the word come about yeah so this is really interesting and i'll have to go into gojek a bit for this right so Gojek, the name of the company, uh, comes from Indonesian Bahasa Indonesia word Ojek, uh, which is just a name for two-wheeler taxis, which uh, were commonly found across Indonesia, right? So Gojek started as a company with twenty of these drivers as a call center, right? So these Ojek drivers, when they'd go around, when they'd meet each other, they had a greeting, or uh, in Hindi we'd call it a nara, right? Uh, which went mm-hmm. like Salam Satu Aspal. um asphalt literally means the road so hmm. the english version is asphalt uh, which we finally chose and salam satu aspal uh, roughly translated means the road unites us all right so these ojek drivers oh, nice. they literally make their uh, living uh, on the roads right so this is how they greet each other and coming back to design systems we were looking for a name and it just Uh, this was a beautiful sentiment and it fit with what we were trying to do as well which was we were trying to build a common design language uh, for gojek does about seven was doing about 17 products then so hmm. building a common design language that all the engineers and uh, designers uh, understand and speak uh, it just resonated a lot so we picked aspa uh, the road and Yeah, wow. that's wow. that's historic. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a wonderful, like the a really wonderful thought. Um, yeah. So so moving into the deeper questions of uh, asphalt itself, uh, is asphalt based on like the Brad Frost's uh, atomic theory, or uh, are there any such other theories which you have explored? Did you like? Did you went out looking for more different ways to build it? How did it like? what's the base underlying base thought behind uh the the asphalt model sure so yeah uh, like we all of us in the team uh, we've read brad frost's uh, atomic theory and atomic design is a really good book um and it's not a surprise that this came from brad frost uh, and the world of web front end engineering right because web front end engineering has had these practices uh, and theories implemented for a really long time and mm. it's very helpful and tackles a lot of difficult problems that lie between design and front end engineering uh, but other than this nathan curtis uh, he's he writes a lot on design systems his uh, his writings in the last two years have helped us a lot um then there is uh, a book uh, from smashing magazine called design systems by uh, ala kolmatova uh, who which helped with the organizing bit how do we take all these components and how do we better organize them um but these are all you know uh, things between design and engineering and that was the easy part right the some of the other things that we needed to figure out which didn't relate to ui or engineering as much but more to people were much more harder like uh, we will build the system but how do we continue growing it right um front end engineering and engineering in general uh, has had a lot of practices of being able to work with thousands of contributors distributed all around the world right and still building systems whereas design does not like it is neither taught in our colleges uh, nor you know nor is it very exciting right because we want to be close to users so hmm. those parts were more difficult uh, in on that side of things there's this book called thinking in systems um which really helped right so that breaks down uh, from you know from software design and tech and software and engineering it takes the problem and you know talks about it at a very fundamental level that if you have to design systems 
which have a lot of teams, a lot of people, right? How do you design the processes so that, you know, uh, they can, you know, build something together and just, you know, how do you contain this chaos of uh, building something and releasing it for thousands of people and everybody can make change there as well. So on that side, we looked uh, at thinking in systems. And the third source of inspiration was uh, all the design systems already out there. And when I say design systems, I mean in uh, software, uh, as well as on the graphic design branding side of things, right? So we would like, uh, we looked at a lot of brand designs. Uh, there are really complicated, you know, brand structures out there. For example, um, you know, the Olympics brand guidelines, which come out, right? That's also a system which a lot of people have to use and be consistent, right? Uh, hmm. with, so we looked at those as well. Um, and then every design system that any software company has put on the web, we literally audited all of those as well before we started. So yeah, uh, we did hunt for a lot of theories and found a lot as well. And we're still hmm. still in the process of finding new theories. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so the way we have CSS framework, which you can clearly lift and then start building on top of it. But yeah, it has a it has its own cons of bloating code, which is not required for you and stuff like that. But are there systems like these uh, which you can clearly lift from and then build on top of it, or it always has to start from scratch? Uh, there is a lot to lift from. Uh, especially like when we started in 2016, uh, from that time to now, uh, there has been a sea change in terms of number of design systems that are publicly available. Uh, not just the you know design documentation, but also the code. So, for example, like uh, on the web side of things, there is Ant design system, which a lot of people are using. So right now, there are a lot of things literally to build on top of and a lot of uh, resources out there as well. Yeah, and then why did you feel the need of building like a design system? Was there a particular, uh, I know like you started off by saying that we had 17 products, but uh, at what point in time uh, or what was the trigger in the organization that you took this call that it has to be done now and it is like quite mandatory that we have to build this? Sure. So as I said, like uh, when I came to Gojek, uh, there were all of 17 designers, right? And mm-hmm. all 17 designers were working on 17 products, right? And at that time in 2016, all of these products were in the zero to one journey, as product people say, right? So there was still, they had really long roadmaps uh, and we were shipping out features every week uh, for almost all of these products, right? So there was a lot of debt we built uh, in terms of consistency. Uh, in terms of behavior as well. Uh, So if, as a designer, you looked at the app in 2016, all these uh, inconsistencies would just jump out at you, right? So so as a first instinct, we knew we had to solve this, right? Uh, We knew from design first principles that consistency also makes, you know, products easier to use. And we were convinced from the design side that this is, like, not acceptable, right? But then we... Uh, I come from a background in engineering, so I talked to the engineering leads here as well and went through, you know, how the architecture of the code was. And I realized that even if we solved it on the design side by, say, making a style guide uh, or a design component library, uh, that wouldn't guarantee that these issues wouldn't come up later because uh, it, this structure, this language needed to exist in code as well. Right? And that meant that you know, to change, bring about that much change, you would, it would take a lot of time, uh, time which these zero to one products don't have to spare. Right? So the only solution out of this was building a design system, right? How we built it mm. is, I think we, uh, we can talk about it later, but uh, mm. yeah, but it was very clear that we needed this uh, one to increase the design quality and other to increase just the, you know, get speed from somewhere. Because uh, it's very difficult to go and ask, uh, tell stakeholders that, you know, uh, we will not be shipping features for three weeks and we'll be working on this, you know, consolidating everything. And as a result of this, you will speed up, you know, the rate at which you are able to ship uh, features to Mm -hmm. the users. Um, So something has to give, (laughs) right? Uh, So we had to figure out a way to make it faster. And yeah, that's that's generally the start of the design 
yeah so then can you can you briefly tell us that uh, how did you build it i mean what were the key milestones or checks uh, which gave you confidence that you guys are going in the right direction because uh, as you mentioned you can't go and uh, tell the stakeholders that wait for two weeks or whatever we are building this mm. so even if you are like collaborating with them on a regular basis uh, were there any milestones uh, i mean what was the process of validating the yeah. components that you are building are modular and scalable for like a host of products yeah so the first thing was just uh, if everyone is designing their own thing uh, then just by first principles it was safe to assume that then this is taking more time than it should right like uh, we already have common flows components between our products so for example Uh, a food delivery app uh, and a grocery delivery app right uh, while as products and you know their user experience there are the different things but in terms of components that they use on the interface there's a lot of overlap in some cases there's an 80% overlap and what we were seeing was that this is still being built separately right because there's no system or mechanism for these people to be able to see oh this is already been built before so it was very clear it was very obvious but still we did our research right uh, we looked at uh, our current speed of shipping we looked at our current speed at which we were delivering designs and that felt really slow and once we knew that this much could be common we were thinking we could save up to 60 70% of the time right so mm-hmm. one interesting thing that happened uh, was that uh, somewhere in our branding guidelines we changed the color of our primary gray which was the color of all the navigation bars in the app so we changed that color in the design and we sent out communication that it needs to be changed in code as well right and then you know one after another as products change that uh, and then qas would find oh no the gray here is still different and then find some other place where the old gray was still there right and this took us about 6 7 weeks right so there were wow. incidents like this which told you that hey we need to we don't just need a design system or style guide on the design side we need an overall uh, overhaul of uh, how we build uh, you know design to shipping out features how we build the product itself the whole process needs an overhaul right so mm. the way to start this um was that you know uh, the the first step was to get engineers buy in not uh, you know people generally start with the topmost stakeholders the ceos etc but we were not really asking for more people on the team uh, we knew we can't ask for more time because uh, there are so many things we know we have to build out already uh, so we started with getting the buy in of the engineers first right and we had we decided that we will not do it all at once it's anyways not possible um, so we decided to use a product and the product that we chose was had to be one which is very popular with the users uh, second uh, it had a lot of components most number of components common with the other products that we had uh, and the third was that they should be willing to let us redesign right so we picked our two wheeler transportation product which was go right and we talked to the engineers uh, got their buy in first and we took the opportunity of the redesign Uh, to also build a design system on the side right this yeah so that's how we did that after we did that um, a the experience uh, was better uh, it was more consistent we could see it on our uh, you know product dashboards as well uh, the conversions are lower speed of bookings were faster so all the typical ux wins were there um, but the time win wasn't there it still took 6 months right so but we knew we had enough uh, common components made that the next product that we pick uh, should be much faster and then we continued like this for the rest of the 15 16 products and slowly we saw speed gain at every product that we went to i can share more about that later probably mm-hmm. in fact that's the follow up question so how big uh, was the team or is the team that handles asphalt and how deeply the front end guys are involved or uh any other department within the engineering is involved uh in this like a ongoing vertical itself because uh, like or how big or small the team should be uh, actually uh, the should be for the 
growing startup can be like a uh, like the next question but yeah in 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 case of asphalt how big is the team and uh, uh, like who are the main stakeholders like the gatekeepers of the design system sure so now when we are in the third year uh, there are about 20 designers on what we call the ixt or interaction design team and there's a similar number of engineers in the ux engineering team uh, who work on asphalt and asphalt is uh, the one that we've shared publicly is for mobile uh, but there's also an asphalt for the web so these 20 ux engineers and 20 designers build it together now to mm-hmm. answer yeah yeah 20 is like a big <laughs> number for like a design system yes yeah yeah so <laughs> just to give you an idea of scale uh, i think uh, mayank had written it in his blog post as well uh, before starting with everything we did a design audit right and what we found was uh, more than 1200 uh, artboards right and you know there are about i think 100 or so design tokens that can change um so the scale was huge already um we but to start off and coming to your point of how should the team how big a team does a startup need um i think uh, for a startup two people are enough as long as one of them is an engineer right so hmm. what's more important is not how big the team is that depends on your product that depends on your you know, the skill of but, the people involved but yeah mm-hmm. yeah Oh, but the engineering uh, has to be like a full stack developer because uh, again like there comes the complexity of being for the and being like developing for android ios and then uh, web mobile web so how does that work yeah so i would say one engineer for each platform right is okay. what you should have uh, if you can find a full stack engineer which generally uh, in startups that's that's the people they uh, generalists are more easily found if you can find mm-hmm. one of them then it will be easier um but it's safe to assume that most startups will have and one ios engineer and one android engineer if not just an android engineer so mm-hmm. people are enough that's what we started with as well so on this first test mule product that i told you about um, there were two designers uh, and there were two engineers right and so that that's a good size to start off with um this is not a side project though uh by any means uh, design systems um you can start them but you it has to be a dedicated team over time because building it is the easy part as we learned in year 2 and we are learning now um maintaining mm-hmm. it and evolving it is the harder part right so correct correct yeah yeah that's true um so before we come to the building and the breathing document side of things uh if you can also tell us like what were then the building blocks of asphalt so how long did it take to build uh, yeah. and and what was the so you briefly mentioned about the strategy going after one product and then expanding it to others yeah. but if you can just uh, deep dive into that and tell us uh, the nuances basically uh, we are trying to build like a design system in book my show as well yeah. and uh, uh like we are just figuring out where to start from like look at the common components Yes. uh look at common screens or look at common interaction patterns because yeah. it's it's like how do you store your uh movie database right there is there are a number of accesses on which you can dissect your database and then store it yeah. so is there any any uh, tried and tested method as to dissect on this axis and you'll come out, come out with a more robust component sure. library faster sure So I'll break it down this way. Um there are three different aspects, right? Uh, broadly. Uh first aspect is more to do with the brand guideline, right? So the foundational aspect of any UI design are typography, color, iconography, photography and the grid or the spacing system, right? And hmm. these these uh, in at least at Gojek these come from our brand team, right? That because it's consistent online and offline. Uh, so these are what you can consider as Brad Frost calls it atoms. Right? Uh, that's part one. Uh, the second part is the components or the molecules, if you will. Uh, so the components are basically what you build with the atoms. Things like cells, uh, buttons. Um, in asphalt, we have cards very prominently, uh, dismissible cards that come in from the bottom. 
uh, text field switches and what what have you right those are the components third part is patterns so for example in uh, gofood you ask people pick your location right so you can pick your location and then you can select it on a map or you can search for it or you can just select current location that whole pattern is the same across gofood uh, which delivers food or gomart which delivers uh, you know groceries or go send which delivers couriers uh, or go massage where you're telling your masseuse where your home is so that is a pattern uh, similarly looking for a location uh, that's a pattern which a lot of our product use uh, that's a pattern as well to start off i think you should start from the atoms uh, mm-hmm. if you have first check that your brand guideline uh, has everything that you need to define these atomic things um, grid and spacing system you need to choose based on i you know if your product is primarily web uh, then it's a lot more work uh, mobile is slightly simpler um, and photography and iconography and illustrations uh, and colors like all of these things need to come from your brand guidelines so make sure those are in order first otherwise you might need a rebrand which is a whole another thing altogether uh, then you can start putting uh, all the screens together and identifying components so we spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in categorizing these right and mm-hmm. that's where collaborating with engineering helps because if you show an engineer and a designer a uh, a uh, you know a, a typical app screen and you ask them can you describe what the names for these components are engineers are much more likely to give same answers right so mm-hmm. i think that's where collaborating with them helps uh, they're really good at naming things so <laughs> get them together mm-hmm. and audit components with them and that's what collaboration would be yeah correct, correct. and then uh, is micro interactions also a part of design system can it be or uh, there is a separate body who who because if you go deeper into like uh, what sort of speed the model window should come in what sort of a speed the bottom sheet should arrive at yeah. uh, those are like very nuanced things right yeah. so is does that also form a part of design system it is so motion design uh, we have uh, again uh, we didn't tackle this in the first version of asphalt uh, but the second version of asphalt will be out later this year it's called aloha and in aloha motion design is also part of the atoms so the curves and timings of the animations those can be considered atoms of motion design uh, then component level animation like you click a switch how does it go to its on state or off state that would be a component level animation and then again as i mentioned earlier location picker how does the card come in how does the you know map change from a you know small tile to a complete model uh, those things are patterns so you can fit in motion design uh, in design systems as well i think material design is probably uh, the most the best example of that out there mm-hmm. they just launched very yeah yeah because you are the when you are like playing with those bezeers and setting sort of a speed to the overall experience yeah. uh, does it need to also tie back to the brand i mean is the same which should reflect in the offline maybe like other digital yes. areas uh, how does yes. that collaboration work then yes so again as i said these are atoms so all the atoms along with motion design uh, you know timing and curves okay. uh, for typography etc should be part of your brand guideline i think uh, it makes more sense if your brand is doing a lot of offline advertisement like we do right so for instance how the gojek logo animates um there's a jingle uh, the animation is set to the jingle's timings uh, there are very particular curves there yes uh, we would like that to be the same whether you see it in an ad on youtube or you see it in the app so yeah wow wow that's interesting so there's uh, this one more thing which i'm very curious about uh, and it's generally said that design system is like a breathing document uh, and uh, so when do you when do you like like make it so initially you need like a ventilator to run it uh, but then some day or is it possible even to take out the ventilator i mean yeah. uh, there has uh, there have been also articles recommending that it's not like a like a side gig uh, or yeah. like a small side project yeah. uh, which you spoke about yeah. so if you can give us like a f- like a flavor of what sort of commitment is required again in gojek especially was given and then like a broad view of like a for a startup how would it work 
yeah so yeah that's very uh, that's a really hard problem actually and those all those articles are being written because i think people are realizing that uh, it's really hard and while building design systems most teams don't realize this but keeping evolving it uh, over time is way way tougher than you know building it the first time around so your design system can uh, the the quicker it comes together it can fall apart faster right uh, so to, to tie it back you need certain practices and processes um what we borrowed heavily from is again engineering right so what you essentially want is that here is the system right and if you want to build something that has already been done before uh, for example if you are wondering what is the best way to nudge a user to swipe up somewhere uh, if somebody has already solved that in transport uh, then the first thing you need to make sure is that visibility right um, so everything that gets developed it's documented and it's published this team needs to and you can learn that from engineers because they've been doing this uh, for all the open source projects uh, how do all the users of those you know great big libraries get to know what has changed what you can't do anymore or is there a newer way to do this thing they do that through engineering practices which uh, have evolved over many years um, designers i think have been you know we are not used to version control systems uh, we are not used to how branches work right we are not used to uh, how to track all the suggested changes from all the designers right and how to conduct reviews um, for them periodically so that they can make their way to the system right so all these things are really complex and it took us a fair bit of time to figure these things out so just to give an example uh, we were in on and our design tooling is also uh, not very mature right it's only been a few years since you've had some sort of a version control in form of abstract or yeah, fig, fig yeah and figma um, hmm. but these tools like uh, in running a design system for now 20 plus products and also for mobile and web we've realized we need to build our own tooling um, which is where ux engineering comes again right so we figured these things out for instance our entire ixt team moved to gitlab uh, that's where requests can be made uh, and that's where feedback can be given so we have one place where we are tracking things we have tickets now um this can all be really boring as well but you have to know that this is essential and you have to know that these are the things you'll have to do it's not just building it and leaving it there but you have to train people and make them comfortable with all these processes but the good news is that once you're familiar with this yeah it it becomes much easier to manage it uh you mm-hmm. stop it from falling apart again correct correct no i completely agree because my exposure while i was in clear trip uh, all the designers in clear trip used to code and uh, that's why we used to like we had a static server kind of a thing like a ui server where we used yes. to put our code and then uh, once dot that is integrated with the with the real data then we used to again step into the final like the branch which was going to uh, merge with the trunk so so we had some sort of a experience there and understood the power of like understanding code itself but yeah, yeah. so designers know how to code is a separate audio again so yeah. <laughs> yeah i <laughs> think yeah. to do that with you as well again yeah. but yeah good yeah i think uh, you you're correct and um, other than you know and all these tools we've built a bunch of them so for example there's a tool uh, called twin uh, which the ux engineers built which make sure that nobody adds the same icon twice in source code or the same illustration again right so if it finds duplicates it warns people um, there is one more tool um, so uh, one of the questions people ask me very frequently is okay designers follow design system and they make designs how do you still ensure that it goes out the same as designs in engineering you know when the engineers are done with it uh, we okay. built it our ux engineering team built a tool uh, which takes a screenshot of the designs a reference screenshot from sketch right and when the engineer uh, ha- is done coding then it builds the app takes a screenshot from the app compares both of them and if there's a single pixel mismatch then it you know fails it on their ci so they get a build error if there's a pixel mismatch hmm. right and hmm. so it's things like those which will uh, which you'll have to invest in to keep the system going um, otherwise yeah uh it's 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 really like 
otherwise you're good sticking to a style guide uh, a really good style guide and then educating rest of the designers uh, in person right hmm. yeah 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 so that's a nice segue uh, to my second last uh, part uh, sure. which is busting some myths about design system which is mm-hmm. again like a hot topic which which flies around in the yeah. design space and as you mentioned that the new icon shouldn't get duplicated or yeah. like a small variation within the within the screen also is highlighted so like let's let's bust some myths about it does <laughs> does design system kill creativity ah no and, i mean because because yeah, yeah because we have to work i mean from personally i believe that the more constraints uh, are put the more creative you become yeah so um, but if you can highlight like does it kill creativity or what are the boundaries that you have to work with how uh, how constrained they are or how constraints they shouldn't be so yes um, the answer to that is an emphatic no uh, from a philosophical point of view like you mentioned right uh, there is enough research out there and uh, we know enough from the history of design that constraints actually you know boost creativity um, working without constraints the you know it's it's a struggle to identify when the work is done right so you always and it's not realistic as well you always have constraints so mm. i really don't think that this uh, affects creativity in any way in fact i'll tell you the real reason uh, why one more reason why we needed a design system to go with so i've told you about consistency and speed so far right hmm. one more problem we had was that we knew that even if everything was consistent and we could build them fast uh, the app will still not look as good as we wanted it to right so this is purely on the uh, on the atom side of things we didn't have uh, a typeface that was designed for digital use right uh, we didn't have icons which were consistent in the first place so we really wanted we knew that we had to do a rebrand right and gojek had matured as a company a lot over 3 years right so we knew we had to do a rebrand as well so we wanted our and our illustrators and our icon you know people who do icons and our typographers and graphic designers these guys were all caught up in the you know in so much in shipping features out and supporting the current Uh, rate of product development that these guys had no time to make illustrations on the side or you know rework them from the ground up so one of the requirements uh, final milestones for asphalt was that an illustrator should be able to change the style of illustration without having to talk to a product team or a product designer or any engineer right that's how solid a system should be or the people working on branding should be able to change the typography style uh they should be able to experiment with kerning leading layouts composition without disturbing you know uh the product teams uh development schedule at all so i would say like we would be and today we are at a place where my illustrators can choose uh to design a whole new theme uh for illustrations for our you know all 20 plus products there are about 450 odd illustrations they can redesign that upload it on a website press a button to publish and it changes across the app so in ways like uh, it enables creativity as well right it decouples how the product looks from how it works uh, from you know the actual uh, you know the flow of the product uh, or you know different features and the business rules basically right so mm-hmm. i i am a strong believer in it like i would my, our creative team wouldn't be creative without a design system Hmm. True, true. And in fact, uh, there's a nice plug here that Kojak yeah. also has a design, um, like not a design, but like a go figure. Bolke, there's one podcast which Kojak uh, has, and I believe there's a episode called "Is Design an Art or Science?" <laughs> so if it's science, then it has to be under limits. Uh, yeah. Art is yeah, it's it's much more subjective and expression driven. Yeah. but uh, in in case of design you are building for a brief you are building under a particular uh, uh, context so yeah. so it makes more sense yeah so by that uh, just adding to that um, hmm. if if your creative teams cannot change the photography style the typography or in layout and composition 
as and when they can or they want to right uh, overall you can't be productive right and that's uh, a team without a design system will find that hard to do right so hmm. if you don't separate these things out and you're building one feature okay you pair a designer and an engineer together and you ship out this feature uh, then you can't affect these kind of changes uh, so quickly right so uh, yeah so yeah. yeah summing it up our need to be more creative led us to build a design system right and within those rectangles that are defined for illustration view our illustrators are free to do whatever they want uh, because the app is responsive our ux writers can work as much as they want on their copy right and they don't have to create a ticket and an engineer doesn't have to go and you know close the story just to change text somewhere hmm correct 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 but this is this is mainly if it's built with along with the code yes right because otherwise yes. otherwise it's it's a lot of unnecessary work that you're doing yes uh, a design system which is only used by designers uh, that's that's not a design system right at all so yeah <laughs> So Abhinit, if you can share uh, details uh, or like a, just give like a briefly some idea of a medium-sized project or like a small uh, any any particular case study or success story uh, which help you ship one of the products was very effortlessly. In a brief talk, uh, we were we were talking about like there was a product which was built which was supposed to be like the Netflix of Indonesia. It was shipped in like two months. Yeah. Yeah. something like that is there any any uh, story inside story which you can share yeah because of design system sure so as i said earlier like the first product took us 6 months to build right that was mm-hmm. go ride our second product was go send uh, which as a product problem is quite similar to transport you have to se- select a pickup point a drop off point and you have to enter some details and then you see the progress of the order so when we started in gosend uh, we did the designs in a week flat because almost everything in that app was already present in transport uh, and to develop it we took about 4 weeks so in 6 weeks we were out with that um, yeah. there was one more uh, similar things with gofood and gomart as well gofood took us i think 4 to 5 months to build and when we used the same components which were ready in design and code for gomart we could ship it out in i think 6 or 7 weeks as well um the most interesting uh, product was a product called nearby that we had to launch on a really tight deadline and because the deadline could not be missed uh, we intentionally built it using the components that were already ready and that was done end to end design and development in 6 weeks and launched to the users so wow the difference was <laughs> yeah like uh, the difference was so much that yeah it it uh, yeah we didn't have to work very hard in convincing everyone this was worthwhile after that correct correct in fact uh, the one thing which i was trying to remember is that uh, we we also launched one project uh, in book my show which was like a uh, like a loyalty or a thanksgiving program called as superstar and uh, in that like a debriefing uh setup i just told that become as lazy as possible so that yes. you don't have to become like do again and again yeah. so so yeah like so lazy here is not in a like a negative sense yeah. but in a sense that you build such stuff uh, at a more fundamental level that then lot of people can just keep building and you sit back and just like direct maybe <laughs> yes and and the important thing is uh, we are doing this to you know to get operational efficiency we are doing this to save time and what mm. will the designers do if they save time on uh, you know on on in, on this part of the design process uh, they'll spend more time close to the users right yeah, so yeah. so it just like uh, i just think we spend and uh, also there are other benefits to this as well for example aloha will be the second version of asphalt and we will be 100% wcag compliant this time right so okay. this is so mm-hmm. we be 100% accessible now if mm-hmm. you i don't know about design systems if you can convince your stakeholders or not but it's really hard even today it's really hard for designers to convince companies to invest time in making their products more accessible right and because mm-hmm. we could do the design system right uh, we now get accessibility for free so that's just wow. uh, yeah so there are lots of benefits to figuring out it is basically melding design and engineering 
and if you do that you will see great things superb superb cool i think i'll conclude uh, with one last question which is like a more hygiene question which i'm hoping a lot of uh, designers listening to this might be looking forward to so how critical is because you mentioned that you started off with engineers and got their buy in first yeah. but how critical is a buy in from the top management and how do you go about doing it or how did uh, in the making of asphalt what was the process like sure so uh, again like i'm not saying this because i work at gojek now but uh, at gojek getting buy in from the stakeholders for this thing was really easy right and uh, again like um, i think it would be easy anywhere because what are you offering them and what are you asking them that's what you have to keep in mind when you go to negotiate anything right um, mm. so what you are asking them for is probably a few more people right uh, one or two designers or one or two engineers and what you are giving them in return is uh, faster shipping and not just faster um, so one of the things that we didn't anticipate early was that if you use reusable components uh, there'll be less crashes right so this hmm. code has already been used before and bugs have been fixed so there'll be less crashes so we you get your giving them faster speed you are giving them more consistent uh, experience you are giving them a more robust non you know crash prone product um, and uh, you're also telling them that it will be easier for you now when if this is done it will be easier for you to keep the offline and online experience consistent because now you can go and make changes to the brand guidelines right without requiring a 3 month effort from the entire company so i think yeah this is this should be an easy negotiation uh, for anyone right hmm. um, and yeah But, and that's why we are pushing these things out there you can read our blog post and you can show it to your stakeholders in your company uh, some of these numbers are difficult to imagine but that's reality that's how hmm. so but uh, then did you like the first cut when you wanted to pitch this idea did you had to go along with some sort of a metric as to like we'll change this we'll change this and then this will happen and this will happen or was it like just building a good credibility as designers as a design team in the organization yeah. and i'm asking you because a lot of places the designers are skilled enough they are great craftsmen but they lack some sort of a evangelizing mode also right because yes. uh, so so like what was the process in pitching this idea showing them like like 100 other companies doing it or uh, showing them like a real life situation that this will simulating a certain situation and showing them the impact sure so i think um, again um, what i started off with was writing writing uh, a project plan right and i wrote all the goals there our goal was to make a more consistent experience our goal was to reduce the time that it takes uh, for product development and our goal was to you know build a product which solves users problems right so product like we were saying that we will not stop shipping out features while we do this right as part of our pitch um the metrics that we were tracking um main thing was again like uh, first thing was number of components being built that had to be tracked uh, and by built i mean done in design done in code and done in documentation right so we started logging all the requests uh, things that we were building um, in one place and started tracking like once we had the whole component structure we could say 100% done or 50% done or 20% done uh, second unit to track is percentage of adoption so how many products uh, right now are using what like what percentage of their code or their design is from uh, asphalt right so a product can be 30% asphalt a product can be 80% asphalt right so that adoption rate was the second thing that we were tracking and this uh, kedar is really really hard this is one place where none of the tools give you any data right so mm. this is all manual work our ux engineering has built a tool called sonar uh, which can go through code of all the products and tell you exactly what percentage of asphalt things are and they're doing some exciting things there but on the design side this uh, yeah uh, we still have to build something uh, to report this for us so mm -hmm. and Very the cool. last thing yeah and the last thing which is the dearest to the stakeholders is how much time did we save right 
So that we were tracking one by one as we did product redesigns. Uh, we were tracking how much time did it actually take from the day the PRD was sent to the day it was launched in alpha. Right. So those are the three things that we tracked. Wow. This is like really boosted my uh, <laughs> enthusiasm levels to crack like a good design system. And sure. it hope hope it helps. Uh, any Any other concluding thoughts you want to add with respect to asphalt or building design systems or any of the like you regularly you might be getting regular questions from a lot of people about yeah. design system as well yeah so yeah so yeah. from from your uh, like your behalf i would say definitely go for code uh, yeah. is what is like a one takeaway for me but yeah. any any other concluding thoughts on that uh yeah like one thing i would like to address is that design a lot of people are talking about whether you need a design system or you don't need a design system um or how much investment does it take is it worth it um, instead of uh, what i would like to suggest a design system is a solution right the problems are uh, how do you free your brand and creative teams to experiment on their own right without getting into you know jira and you know into the product development uh, scope how do you decouple that uh, second problem to solve is how do you you know the components that you use a lot how do you get operational efficiency in the process of making that so how do you speed up things um, and the third problem if you want i would suggest is how accessible your app is uh, let's tie that uh, problem to design systems as well right so mm -hmm. if you if you care for any of these three and maybe speed is not a problem for you right maybe consistency or quality is not a problem for you but at least accessibility would be right um so for that reason consider building some kind of a system yeah yeah definitely this uh, wcag thing is really really aspirational because uh, i wonder yeah. like a, a company in the developing part of the countries is is thinking of accessibility is something really profound and yeah uh, inspirational yeah <laughs> yeah and and in europe they've already made it illegal right and in us people mm. are suing companies because their product was not accessible right mm. so mm. we are not far away from uh, a day when it will be mandatory to make products accessible in rest of the world as well so it's yeah i'm i'm glad it's not a choice anymore <laughs> great great cool on that note uh thank you abhinit for giving your time and uh uh, really really nice talking to you a lot of food for thought sure and uh, yeah so for the listeners you can follow abhinit on twitter at abhinitial a b h i n i t i a l and me on at the rate namkar kedar or at the rate audio gan and i don't know what the current position of corona in the world but uh, gojek keeps hiring designers so visit gojek.io to know more any other plug, Abhinit? Yeah, I have to call out two people's name. Uh, one is Mayank Sagar and other is Reza Nubriyancha. Uh, okay. These are the two people who actually made Asphalt. I'm just a spokesperson. So it wouldn't be possible oh. without their hard work. <laughs> okay, a big shout out to both of them. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Great chat. And that's it from today's Gyan session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye!